My name is Deborah. I'm a writer who loves all things money. I'm Hui Yu, and I'm a financial advisor who wants to help you fall in love with money. And you're listening to Good Girls Talk About Money, the monthly podcast where we talk about how you can build a clearer picture of your financial well-being and be more confident about money in general. Hey, Hui Yu, Gongxi, Fatai. Hello. Okay, so um, I guess we, we owe our, our listeners a bit of an explanation. We didn't record our episode for January. We but slacked off. Yeah, in a way. I'm so sorry. <laughs> we slacked <laughs> off. So what happened? Uh, okay, for me, November and December were both extremely busy months, surprisingly, uh, which caused me to be quite a bit uh, burnt out. And I needed January to recover. I'm not fully recovered yet, but uh, yeah, I'm chugging along. <laughs> what about you? Well, I had an exam to study for in January. So I spent, my, I spent a good part of December and January, my weekends, uh, studying for this exam. Like, it's called, I think it's called Capital Markets Financial Services um, yeah, Test. Sounds like something I had to take, <laughs> but it's not the same exam that I took. Oh, you didn't take it? I don't think I took it. Oh. Yeah, so anyway, um, it's over now and I passed. Congrats, God. congrats. <laughs> yeah, so um, talking about this month's episode, I think we're going to change up the format a little bit. Um, we are going to talk about one topic, uh, keeping the conversation short and sweet. Hopefully, this would make easier listening for many of you. But if you prefer the old way of us um, doing the show, of course, feel free to let us know. So what are we going to talk about today for you? We are talking about the buy now, pay later landscape. Mm-hmm. And whether it's good for you, good for consumers, good or whether it's dangerous. And I guess we, we will share our own opinions and our own experience about this scheme. Okay, what is a buy now, pay later scheme? Actually, it's nothing new. Okay, you probably used it before. I probably used it before. It's just um, you owning the item, you bring mm-hmm. it home, and then you pay it later, either via installments or, or you just defer the payment. Okay, that sounds really familiar and it's something that I probably uh, used on quite a couple of occasions. But um, I understand that there are several fintech startups that have started this buy now, pay later as a mode of payment for many of millennial customers for online stores. But like you said, it's not um, an unfamiliar concept. And I feel my first question coming up, which is, what's the difference between this buy now, pay later scheme and a 0% installment payment scheme offered by my bank's credit card whenever I go buy something like a vacuum cleaner, for example. Okay, if you were to buy it using your credit card, you will already have your credit limit with the bank or with the credit card. And very likely, if you were to pay for, say, uh, I don't know, 600 bucks vacuum cleaner, you will need to have that 600 bucks credit limit available in your credit card. Mm-hmm. If not, you won't be able to transact. But now with this uh, buy now, pay later scheme, on the different fintech platforms, you don't need the 600 bucks first. Basically, your credit is unregulated. You can mm-hmm. just go ahead, once you have an account, you can go ahead and buy it on the assumption or on the basis that you can pay for it later over the next, I don't know, three, six, 12 months. Okay, well, sounds like three parties 
are most directly connected to a scheme like this. So you, first of all, of course, you have your merchants, then you have mm. your customers, and of course, the person facilitating this buy now, pay later scheme. From a customer's point of view, we'll get back to that later because I think this is the one that our listeners will be most interested in. Mm. First of all, what you know, what's in it for the merchant, right? Like I allow my customers to buy now, pay later. Do I, does it affect my cash flow, so to speak? Not at all, because regardless of whether you're... Okay, if I'm a merchant and I'm selling you, say, a, a vacuum cleaner, and now it's, we are very in line with the Chinese New Year topic of Ta Sao Tzu, right? So mm-hmm. that's why you keep hearing us talk about vacuum cleaners. <laughs> okay? okay, so if I'm um, Dyson and I'm selling you the vacuum cleaner, I will still get paid my 600 bucks up front, whether it's from the bank or from the, the fintech platform. Mm-hmm. So there is no difference at all to the merchant. Now that the merchant is kind of um, taken care of, we know that they're not kind of waiting for you to pay up in order to account for the goods that you've bought. Let's look at the customer, right? Mm. Um, why would you recommend somebody use a buy now, pay later scheme? And uh, would you personally use a buy now, pay later scheme? I, okay, let's answer from my perspective first. Mm. It depends on what I'm buying. If it's something very cheap, very affordable, say a vacuum cleaner, I would definitely just pay full. Mm-hmm. I don't see the point in splitting it up into what, three, I, I don't know, okay, but that's just me. But then again, if it's something more expensive, say a car, mm. then even if I had the money, I'm not going to spend the 150k, 100, 100k mm. up front when I can be doing other things with my money, mm-hmm. especially in, the, in such an economy. So for me, if it's more expensive, I am likely to pay in installments. If it's cheaper, I will pay up front. Interesting. Okay. Okay. What about you? Well, <laughs> that sounds very sheepish. <laughs> I've not tried a buy now, pay later scheme per se. Like, you know, via Hula or Atomi, for example, just some of the names that, you know, come up when you talk about buy now, pay later schemes. But I have definitely tried a 0% installment plan, you know, with a bank's credit card, for example. I was explaining to you, you know, because when you talk about vacuum cleaner, you pay up front. And I have that sheepish look on my face because I did not pay for my vacuum cleaner up front. And it also happened to be a Dyson. But anyway, the point was, um, because it was the 11-11 shopping day, I think it was two years ago. And I wanted to buy a Dyson vacuum cleaner. On top of that, I also wanted to buy myself the new iPhone 11. And on top of that... also wanted to buy a new Beats right, headphones. That's one happy shopping cart. <laughs> but the deals were really good. And when I looked at the total, I was like, that's a lot of money, right, to be paying for, for these three items up front. And I, and I kind of like felt like I needed the liquidity as well. It wasn't that I could not afford to pay for them up front, but I wanted that liquidity. So I chose to pay for my Dyson vacuum cleaner and my iPhone 11, via 0% installment over 12 months. Okay. And my rationale for that was because I knew I was going to use that vacuum cleaner for more than 12 months. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Okay? Okay. So for a household goods, you know, like um, I was explaining to you, for a household goods like a, fr- a refrigerator, a vacuum cleaner, some furniture, for example, if I know they're going to be in my house for a while, my preference is to use the 0% installment plans to pay for it because it's, like, I guess 
internally, there's this like dollar cost averaging as well. <laughs> I see that's how you use that term. Okay. okay. I make myself feel better. Like, you know, so I'm paying for it over 12 months. And, you know, if at the end of the 12 months that vacuum cleaner goes kaput, for example, I would know that I have sustained it for 12 months. I've used it for 12 months and I wouldn't feel so guilty buying a new vacuum cleaner. Okay, I, I get your logic. Okay, okay. <laughs>
10%, 20%, you decide. Mm. Okay. I decide that I'm worth around 30 to 50%. Okay? Wow. And for me, I am always very concerned about retirement mm. or not having enough when I retire. So it's just a very kiasu uh, mechanism that I have. Okay? Mm-hmm. So once I set aside this 30 to 50%, um, I won't go into detail today of what I channel it to. But once I, I set aside this amount, I know I'm free to spend the remainder. And I can be very frivolous when I spend. I mean, if, if, uh, if a new watch catches my eye or if new glasses catches my eye, I will buy it. But I know that I've already saved. And that's why I'm free to spend it. Okay. So Debs, how, I mean, what, what system do you have in place to control your spending? Um, okay, I recently did a little uh, spreadsheet about my, how much money, how much of my monthly salary actually goes towards investment okay. and savings, okay? And at first I thought I'm a very bad, in, you know, I'm a very bad saver or rather, you know, I don't actually uh, channel a lot of my monthly salary into investment. But I was pleasantly surprised to find that I actually invest 30% of my monthly salary into yeah, different types of uh, products, you know, whether it's for retirement, yeah. whether it's through a robo-advisory, or whether it's through a CPF investment you know, scheme. But that said, after I put all these money into the various investment uh, products or tools that I, that I currently subscribe to, I still have things that I need to pay for. For instance, groceries, uh, dog treats, um, you know, my car loan, and other random things. And I don't cook. So I order Deliveroo and Food Panda a lot. I think a chunk of my, you know, disposable cash actually goes towards food delivery. I think I better start cooking my food more regularly. But that's another topic for another day. So when I see a big ticket item that I want to buy, my first instinct is how much of my credit card have I charged this month? So I am only, I have an internal like barometer when it comes to my credit card spending. Internally, I know that I only want to spend $2,000 for all cards, for all my cards add up together. So whether it's 600 here, 800 here, that kind of thing. So altogether, $2,000 every month. That's all I'm willing to charge to my credit cards. Okay, so then I will look, okay, so if this iPhone is $1,500, do I want to spend $1,500 immediately on this iPhone? Or can I spread out the payment and basically give myself more liquidity? And that was how right. I decided that this is a 0% installment plan kind of purchase. Okay. okay. Yeah. So that's the thing. And then obviously, you know, your credit, read your credit card statement, people. Okay. <laughs> read your credit card statement. Because when your monthly credit card statements um, arrive, then they will also tell you, this is your 6 of 12 payment for this particular item. Ah, okay. Yes. Okay. Okay, I can't say for the other banks, but D- DBS definitely do, do this. Right. Okay, okay, so they will tell you uh, what are some of the stuff that you have on installment plans with this credit card, how many of these um, installments have you paid off, and basically how, how many installments are left, right? So then I will also know that can I afford to add another to the list or I should not. You know, that kind of thing. So this is how I decide whether something should go on an installment plan basis or something should be paid for upfront. I see. Okay. 
And so moving on to the next question, right? Like we're talking about this buy now, pay later thing and, you know, the difference between this and a bank's like installment plan and stuff like that. What I'm interested in knowing is that why would someone want to miss a payment? I mean, if let's say, for instance, all things being equal, you know, I know how much I'm spending. My bank is constantly updating me via my credit card statement, how much I've spent. You know how much you, you know, you, you get for a salary. What is the risk and why would somebody do all these buy now, pay later thing only to not pay later? Wow. Okay, I think this all boils down to spending habits or consumer habits. Mm-hmm. Okay. For someone like you, you clearly read your credit card bills okay. and you clearly track it. So there is very little danger of you missing the payments or mm-hmm. you being unable because you actually think about whether you can afford to stack on another payment. Yeah. Okay. If everyone was as prudent as you, then there wouldn't be an issue or MAS wouldn't have to be concerned about Singaporeans overspending. But unfortunately, not everyone works like that. Mm-hmm. There are people who get very carried away and they, they like the allure of owning the items first. Mm-hmm. And they don't really think about... Okay, because it's quite a logical and rational process where you think about how much you have really added to your credit card bills mm-hmm. or to your buy now pay later bills and whether you can afford. You need to spend some time to pause and remind yourself of what you have first before you add on a new payment. But yeah. not everyone does that. So that is why there are people who will default on their credit card payments or on their installment payments. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, we don't even have to think so far. It's like how there will be people who default on their, their car payments or their mortgage payments. And maybe last year, this person could have gotten retrenched mm. due to COVID. Yeah. Um, and in, under a normal circumstance, with a normal paycheck, the person could have afforded yeah. to pay. But once the person was retrenched, um, which was clearly unforeseen, then this person is therefore unable to keep up with the payments. Mm. So such things happen. I mean, okay, let's, let's just come back to this. Shit will happen. Mm. And that's the lesson that COVID taught me. Yeah. Sometimes, okay, there's this Chinese saying, uh, 人算不如天算, mm. which is so true last year. Yeah. I don't think many people could have predicted COVID. Mm-hmm. That's why it always comes back to, to what my parents or, or what my mom tells me, which is to set aside enough savings or enough emergency cash for a rainy day when shit hits the fan. Mm. Okay, and on that rather serious note, um, I just saw, um, I read somewhere that some of these buy now, pay later startups, they actually do do real-time risk assessments. So basically, instead of um, looking at your credit um, rating, you know, via your bank statements or how much you have in your bank account, what they look at is that they use like... um, a real-time risk assessment to look at your financial capability and intent, and then they approve and reject orders based on this. How confident are you of such systems helping, say, a customer or a, a friend, you know, control their spending? I have very little confidence in this system mm. because ultimately, we have to bear in mind that these platforms are profit-making Mm-hmm. enterprises yeah. 
they are not charities. Yep. They are not to give you a lifestyle for free. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So please bear in mind, they are here to make money. Mm-hmm. And they make money when you default on payments. Mm-hmm. When you can't pay and they charge you interest, that's when the real money comes. Mm. Of course, they have to protect their own interests. And they have to do some sort of, um, I, I don't know what you call it, rating or assessment mm-hmm. to make sure that you can still pay them back and not and will not disappear. Yeah. But that said, it is still in their interest if you can't pay mm-hmm. and you have to pay them back. Yeah. So I uh, let's just say that I have very little or very low interest. Oh mm-hmm. no no no, very low confidence mm-hmm. in their assessment. Okay, cool. And so I'm I suppose you are, you belong to to the side of the fence that believes that buy now pay later um companies need to be regulated? I definitely think so. I mean, especially in, um, in today's economy where it's so easy to be trigger happy. Mm-hmm. You know, we have 11-11 sale, we have 12-12 sale, we have all these sales that years ago we didn't have. Mm-hmm. And these days when we do shopping online so much, yeah. it's just clicking, clicking, clicking. You, it's so easy to lose track of what you've That's true. bought, right? I mean, yeah. Your phone and your vacuum cleaner and your <laughs> what, what's the third thing that you bought? Beats headphones. Beats headphones, right? <laughs> it's so easy to just keep piling up the what do you call that? The cart mm. and checking out. And before you know it, yep. it's a few thousand dollars. That's true. Which could be your entire paycheck. Mm. And you and you multiply this a few times. Yeah. I mean, it's so much expense that's going out that the the buyer or the shopper may not be aware of. Mm. Great insights on um, this buy now, pay later scheme and topic. Um, I'm still not very familiar with, with it, um, to be honest. But I think for myself, I, I, I come from a generation where I'm a little bit more cynical when it comes to debts, mm. you know, for example. And when Same. I think I was shopping online a few weeks ago and I, there's this, I think, diamond bracelet that I really wanted to buy. It's a sustainable, new? yeah, it's a sustainable lab-grown diamond. So it's not one of those real, you know, ah, diamonds okay. that are mined, I, I, I know, you know, know, that kind okay. of thing. Okay. So it's not in the 20000 range, okay? It was just maybe, I think, $1,200 or something <laughs> like that. And and there was a option to use one of these buy now, pay later scheme. But as I was really tempted to, to try it, but then in the end, I just decided that you know what, it's, it's either I pay for it upfront because the cost is not that high or I really would prefer to use my bank's... Zero, you know, this, this is the one time where I'm actually like, you know, uh, advocating for banks. <laughs> like coming from a fintech background, right? But yeah, you know, I, as a consumer, instead of a buy now, pay later like um, option, I think... There was a voice inside my head that went like, if, if, if you can, go for the 0% installment using your credit card mm. instead. But, but just to be clear, I did not buy the diamond bracelet. I was just toying with the idea. I see that. Okay, okay. okay, okay. <laughs> and if I do buy that diamond bracelet, I will let you know when we record our next episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right. Thank you for listening to Good Girls Talk About Money. Uh, as usual, we aim to make you know, understanding about money much easier um, for you and on a more conversational basis. If there is anything you would like us to talk about, as usual, please email us at goodgirlstalkaboutmoney at gmail.com. And with that, Kung Sifa Happy New Year! Yes, Nian Nian Yoyu!